Yeah. Rose Otai for all you busters. For all you busters out there. All right. Professional voice. We are live on the original podcast, episode two, with my main man, Pots and Pan. Rose Otati in the building. How you feeling, man? <laughs> I'm feeling good, man. How you feeling? I feel good. I feel great. I feel better. It's finally cooling down. It's hot as fuck in the AZ. For people who don't know, Arizona is hell in a lot of ways about climate-wise. Great people, great places, but the temperature is very hell-like. So you will be very hot. Very hot. You ain't wrong about that one, bro. Very hot. Motherfuckers yes. out here dying and shit. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're not laughing at death. We're laughing at the fact of the situation. Okay. Drink your water. Drink oh my God. your water. Uh, alkaline yes. up, alkaline Line down, down, bro. Oh New water God. every day. New water. So... I learned a little bit about you before this uh, this here podcast. I've learned a little something about you, and I have something that you will appreciate, and that you might want to tell the people about. <laughs> what significance does that hold for you, Mister Tony? <laughs> so this is this is a, this is a face. Carved into the soap. <laughs> I tried to do you. I tried. You, tried my best. Tried my best. <laughs> yo, yo, those are glasses. Yo, the lips. The lips about juicy as hell. I give them that. That's a beard around there. That that's, little scruff. That's, that, that's, that's the beard. Okay, yeah. I gotta hold it close. I took yeah. off my glasses. Yeah, but it's all right. Yeah, I tried. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. That's lit. That's lit right there. I appreciate that. Why you want me to talk about it? Yes, of course. <laughs> you know, how much does a polar bear weigh? Enough to break the ice. Yeah, you know enough there? to break the ice. <laughs> Yo, no, that shit was smooth, man. So, I I actually I used to carve faces into soap when I was <laughs> when I was how old was I? Shit, I was about nine, ten, or some shit. I was mm. carving faces into soap, bro, and that was just like a real. That was a very important period in my life because as a nine, 10 year old, whatever the fuck I was, I was just trying to figure out what the fuck I was good at. So I was making paper guns. I was making Halloween outfits out of paper. I was mm. carving faces in the soap, like I said. I was playing video games, trying to um, trying to make YouTube videos that wasn't streaming at the time. And um, just what fucking made me, me. Right and carving faces in the soap and then giving them to my teachers and my friends. Oh. That shit was, that shit was and me. When I saw that in, um, I saw that in that interview, I, I forgot the gentleman's name, uh, you did the interview with us before, but uh, when I saw that, I'm like, that's very interesting and that's a very good t- tidbit of the introduction into the artistic pathway, on the artistic pathway for Mr. Rose Otati. I appreciate this, man. You're very welcome, my man. Very welcome. <laughs> and speaking, while we're on the subject of you, would you care to tell the people a little bit about your background for people who don't know who this young creative genius is? Um, well, what you want to know? Because the background, I go back to Naptown, yeah, you know, we got time. Indianapolis. We got, so got time, baby. Got time? Okay. Um, hmm. Starting from, I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. You know, I'm 20, t- finna turn 21, November 14th. Shout out Mike Epps. Shout out Mike Epps. Mike Epps. Mike Epps was cool with my fam, man. He was cool with my pops. He was cool with the uncle, you know, all that shit. He, was, he, he actually tried to have a rap career, too. Uh, yeah. And my aunt, he produced that tape, but that tape. That made, <laughs> made <a> light, bro. <laughs> the beats may have been hot, but yeah. Mike Epps, you got to work a little bit harder, brother. Yeah. But um, I, I just come from a family that just loves music. You know, I, I've grown up listening to music for my entire life, bro. And it just... 
my trajectory almost just makes sense. Me being able to look back at it, and, and no way has it been linear. You know, my mom did karaoke, but she's also been a software programmer. So a software programmer by day, a pool shark and karaoke master by night. And my pops just always had sound systems in whatever vehicle he rode in. You feel me? So he um, he just had music bumping all the time. The bass was always boosted. You know, mm. we listened to gangster rap. Rally. You know, we listened to classics. You feel me? Yeah. Just it. You name it. We, we was listening to it. You but know? they had to never tell you to turn the music down. Didn't that sound some crazy shit? Uh, they never told my pops to turn the music no, down. No, not your pops, but your parents would tell you. Your pops probably tell you to turn the music down. Oh, shit. My mom. My see, mom's see, the see, one. See, yeah. See, see yeah. I, I never really got the chance to produce when I was living with my pops. Because my pops stayed back in Naptown. Okay. And um, honestly, I think he, he, he wouldn't have no issue. We was. He was, I was cooking up in his car when mm. I did go visit him, and he had the sound system. And now, John, we, we was just bumping. He wasn't like, turn it down. He was like, boy, turn that shit up. You know, like, like yeah, it's, that's it's my son. Uh, right. Hey, that's, that's, my son. Hey, hey, that's my son. That's what he liked. That's what he liked. Even when I'm not there, he like, that's my son. Like, this is my son, you know, and he played right. my music all around town and shit. Like, right. you know, you know, it's my pops. Russ Parr, they call him out there. Yeah. So, so when did you come to the Western Hemisphere? The Western Hemisphere, man. What brought my, you to the West Coast? So I came out here in 2012, okay. and um, that the reasoning behind that was I, me and my mom, we wanted to get out, you know, because okay. uh, growing up there, it wasn't as nice as it is out here in Arizona, man. People are a lot more nicer here, and yeah, there's a little bit more fake smiles in your faces, but they not, there's not no crabs in the barrel out here, man. Back home, I got dreads, you know, I, I like wearing color, this and that. I'm not labeled as, and this is their lingo. If I'm not labeled as a fag, then I'm labeled labeled as a gangbanger. Yeah. You know, I'm labeled as, you know, a, you're labeled. That's the right. I'm, a, I'm, I'm labeled. <laughs> you feel me? So, I, I go back there. Well, I'm from downtown, like I said, but I go back there, like 2015 or some shit, and I'm walking across the street, Mama and I see a, Mama I see, Mama well. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, we oh, good. I, I just don't know. Spoke um, and I walk, I'm walking across the street, and I see a gang of just dudes dressed in red, and I'm, I look down, I'm wearing an oversized blue tee, I'm wearing some oversized blue jeans, and I'm wearing my favorite blue Vans. Damn. Yeah, it makes sense. So I, I go to the library. You know, it's the first time ever getting high too. I'm, I'm high as all this shit's transpiring. I got my uh, brother-in-law at the time. He he uh, go go about his business in the library. I go into the manga thing yeah. and I start reading manga and shit. He come up to me he like, "Hey, bro, we gotta go." I'm like, "Why? We we just got here, bro. I'm I'm reading a manga right now. I'm reading a One Piece. What you talking about?" <laughs> He's like, "Hey, man, there's a, there's a group there's a group of bloods here, and they saying that if you don't bounce, man, this is gonna be some smoke." Mm. I'm only like 15, 16, bro. I'm like, what, what are they talking about? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not even worried about colors no more. I done left Indiana and all that shit. So me coming back, I'm the problems that I had when I lived there, I don't have no more. So I'm coming back visiting my old home place, and I'm running into those kind of problems. So we we dip out the library, and then we see that there's dudes in, with blue cars, blue outfits, bumping, you know, some some gangster music, this and that. You know, I'm like, of course, it only makes sense. We go across the street, they see, you know, they nod. You know, we can see that there's other people on the other side of the street, and they all dress in red, and they look like some, mm. yeah, you know. And we, we start going into the neighborhood, and they just like, so I'm, 
I thought I thought on my way back, way back to Arizona, I was just like, I really could have just lost my life over some fucking colors. Over because I got some dreads. Over because what? Some bullshit. Because I'm walking on the wrong side of the street because I'm wearing the wrong colors for this hood. You know, like, I, I ain't worried about that shit. You know, it's so silly. <laughs> it's so silly, right? So I'm I'm I come back home to Arizona. And I'm just like. We is so goddamn blessed out here. All these houses, we we in South Phoenix, all these cribs, they all look the same. These are the motherfucking suburbs. When I go back to Indiana, ain't no lights, ain't no heat, you know? And I'm not gonna describe the full situation, but I know what it's like, yeah. you know, the struggling. And I come back here, we blessed. Yeah, the water may have a tinge of just uh, but yeah. we got everything we need. A little, and a lot of chances of camaraderie. So I really feel you, but I really appreciate you sharing that, sharing that yeah, with me, no with uh, everybody. But um, I really feel you on that because even you know, of course, coming from Cali, there's there's that was that color barrier there as far as red and blue and other colors and just gang activity. And it's and it's silly because you know it's really based off of things being per- perceived as the wrong side or the wrong colors. Like eh, ain't no wrong really. It's just that there's a lot of fucked up history. And we're at the point where we don't know how to heal from it, and a lot of people don't want to heal from it. And I understand, you know, that's that's that lifestyle, but I just really hope that we can get to a point to have that real conversation about how that can really be nipped in the bud because we are so far removed from a lot of that, the roots of that. And all the people that started the roots of that, the majority of them like, we wish that we could get this far. Right, right. And like you said, we, we got to have that dialogue. We yeah. really have to spark that dialogue. Really do. And that's why I, I personally feel like whatever I'm doing, man, it has to spark that dialogue. It has to make people feel whether or not it's the people out in the hood and, you know, how, however they feeling and taking in my music, whether or not they like it or don't, they need to see images of a black man doing what I'm doing. Exactly. Just as much as they want another image of a black man, you know, of toting guns and all this shit. They need to be able to see everything. You know, they, I'm the, also their reality. I'm, I come from a place where I've had to struggle where there's pimps and hookers and crackheads and this and that right outside the door trying to be all cool with us and all that shit, but stop us in the back yeah. just as easy as anyone else. And it's like, I understand all of that. So for me to have the sound that I have, for me to do the art that I do and the story that I'm trying to articulate, ultimately at the end of the day, it's for everybody. It's for everybody. It, it, and that's what a lot of people, when they, hear, when they hear especially a black man say for everybody, we really do mean everybody. We, of course, we mean our black community, but there's a lot of other problems yeah. outside the black community that we can't talk about because we're still getting the house right. Mm-hmm. We're still getting the house. Once we get the house right, there's a lot of American issues that we would love to take full part of and fix because as hard as it's believed, black people are very proud Americans. Yeah. We haven't, think about it. Slavery was abolished 100 years ago, right? Slavery was done. We weren't hopping on boats going back to Africa by the time we didn't know how to get back, but we were here trying to live the American dream, trying to build houses, trying to pay taxes, trying to fight for the country. We were did not. I don't know if people know how serious this is. No, no, this is, this is serious. If you want to go in, as people, we go in. As. People of color were denied dying for this country. That's how serious. <laughs> that's how serious the hate. How, how can you hate a, a black person like yo? I want to die for this country. No, you. No, 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 no. You black, mm. like, wow. No. And, then, and then when we finally get the chance, bro, we on the front lines and they shooting us in the back. And then they want to go and tell the supposed enemy that we fucking monkeys. Like, 
that's a conversation we have to have because the majority of my counterparts don't understand. You know, my ancestors were slaves, bro. My documented history of my family goes back to 1866. Mm. What happened the year before? A fucking document that says these people are humans too. Barely. And then what happens after that? The fucking mass incarceration system. Yeah. Right? And then I'm looking at my history. My family has been a part of every single war that I at least know of after 1866. And had to fight to be a part of it. And had to fight to be a part of it. Yet, my grandfather still had to sip from a opposite water fountain, right? And then now we, we come to today in 2019 because I don't know a lick about my history. All I know is what has been told to me exactly. by people that don't know a lick of their history. I'm over here trying to figure out who am I and who will my children be? Or who, or what can we call ourselves? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're aware of China. They did, um, there was this thing called the Great Leap Forward in China. Yeah. And that's, um, I mean, before that, China had a history where um, after a certain dynasty, I forget the dynasty, but they basically wiped out all the Chinese history. They wiped, they burnt it all. They burnt everything that was old history. So, oh, I, I remember this. Yeah. Um, was this the Qing dynasty? Yes. It was yes, the Qing, Qing dynasty. dynasty yes. I literally just had this yes. assignment two weeks ago. Last week was the Americas, but the Qing dynasty or something like that. And basically that was a mandate to where they did not want people to have their own individual thoughts, right? And yeah. the only people that could refer back to these books were the officials. Yes. So they completely ripped all the knowledge exactly. from the public and it was like, we will not you know, allow anyone to have their own thought to where they could bring impurity to this dynasty, right? right? So ripping away their identity in a sense. So now we have a whole generation that is completely just exactly. ignorant. Lost to who they really are. Can't write, can't do this, can't do that. So it's like, when you take all that away, how, how are we supposed to operate to the fullest capacity as human beings or as a member of this society? It's hard. And, and then people, then a lot, not, not just white people, people in general, because there's people of color that don't even know this full situation, because it's a very big scale situation, because look at the disconnection from people, of, uh, an Af people in Africa and people in Af that are African-Americans, yeah. quote unquote. You have, like we just talked about Asia, there's a lot of people I grew up with that were, that were Chinese, Japanese, that have family, that would go home for summer. That were like, oh, I'm going back, I'm going back to Japan to go see my grandparents, I'm going to China. Or I had a white friend, I'm going to London, I'm going to, going to Scotland, Mexico. You know, they, go, they always go home to go see they, they people. Black people, we're going to the South. We're going to New York. You know, we're, we're not, spot. yeah, we're, that's, that's, that's how far the venture goes out. So there's a disconnect from our original origins of people. So when it's come to finding oneself, it's hard to, you have to, that's everybody, you're just growing up trying to find who you are, like who am I as a person? Let alone we have to find who we are as a people. So then I have to find who we are as a people, then I have to find who I am that fits inside this community as a people, then I have to find myself as an individual. So that's a lot of hurdles just to get to the point it's of- It's a lot of hurdles. <laughs> yo, 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 no, that's, that's though, that's a lot of hurdles. Something that really get me is the fact that I have to worry about my information being sold just for me trying to get a DNA test to figure out who my people were. That's, that's <laughs> and that's, that's fucked up. Like, like, that's not even like a moral thing. That's just like, well, you know, we just want to get a dollar. It's fucked up how marketing does that, bro. Dude. It's, it's sick. It's and sick. I'm just like, 
okay, so if this is true, if they are selling our information to insurance companies and whoever the fuck, you just you just diluted like the whole me trying to figure out my identity. Now now I make me not even want to be interested in whatever the fuck mean services people have to offer for me to yeah. really feel like I belong in this place. You know, it's already man, this is a whole this is a yeah. whole conversation yeah, if you really want to get into of it. What's going on in the media right now? I mean, I work I work in marketing, so like I know all about that, and that's a big part of there's there's a lot of laws going about right now with hospitals and like places like that where they're they're putting uh, more they're putting more strong infringements on the things you can collect. So for example, like they're gonna stop allowing people to collect that kind of data at hospitals. Like, you can't take people's yeah. you know their their personal data and then like give it to some company to try to sell them pills, you know, or whatever it is. Like, oh, you have high stuff, blood pressure? You know? Here's this like, new high blood pressure medicine. Yeah, like, <laughs> you shouldn't be taking people, you know, like, yeah. you're going in there in confidence to, like, for your personal gain or whatever it is, you know, that's, like, really personal. You should be selling them. Yeah, and, and, and that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm talking about. So we just talked about, real quick, a racial issue, but an American issue the at mi- the same time. This is a human issue because as our world becomes increasingly more globalized, connected, and capitalistically driven, right? We're gonna have to worry about this shit, yeah, whether or not, absolutely. because I want to seek this kind of help or product, everything else, all my information is gonna be sold just for this company to be able to market more shit to me, you know, to make more money off of me. My whole entire identity is in a bank of billions of other people's information. And it's messed up because if just to play devil advocate, that's kind of what the people wanted. They wanted, they didn't wanna, have to go to the census, come to the door and ask me all these personal questions or have to do these surveys. I just wish y'all knew what I wanted and gave it to me. Well, they found a way. They found a way. <laughs> they they found, found a way. motherfucking way. Yo. So, so it, it's, that's what people forget our power because we ask for a lot of the shit we get, but we get, you ever seen the movie Wishmaster? It's a horror movie. I have not. Wishmaster. So there's this, um, there's this mythical creature called a djinn. It's like the evil genie, demon genie. So basically, like, you make a wish, like, oh, I wish I had a million dollars, right? The gin would give you a million dollars, but somebody in your family dies. It's one of them trade-offs, yeah. right? So we kind of, like, that's kind of how, like, our government works. So it's like, okay, we ask for somebody. Oh, we want more music. We want more music. Okay, you want more music? We're going to give it to you. So guess what? We're now we're at a, a spot where we have all the music in the world, but a lot of people, on the other hand, say, like, damn, we have an oversaturation of one sound. You know, a lot of people are complaining about that, but that's just a trade-off of it. I don't think it's detrimental. I think you can't really oversaturate music, but that's a conversation now. Yeah. I never thought that'd be a conversation in music. Like, we got too much music. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, damn. 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 I can't keep up with this shit. You know, but, but, but even though like, we trade off, like, like, a lot of people are gonna have to pay more taxes besides the rich. Taxes are gonna go up for everybody. So even if you're rich, I understand you worked hard for your money. Just like us, we're all trying to get it ourselves. So we get to a certain uh, money line, we're gonna have to pay double or triple, right? So it's like, okay, well, we got the money for it. But at a certain point, you're gonna get to a point where like, damn, like, what the fuck did I do all this work for if I'm just paying out all my money to help somebody that's not working as hard? So it's a double-edged sword, so it's always a give and take in America and it's fucked up how politics work because capitalism people don't know uh, the thing about it somebody gotta eat the shit somebody (laughs) somebody (laughs) don't matter what race creed or color somebody gotta eat the shit all the bullshit all the tryouts all the how do you think these drugs get who's who's testing these drugs out 
who who do you think the people are signing up to do these test runs for these colognes, homeless people? For like sixty bucks. Sixty bucks. These are their body. these are impoverished people that don't have money or can't get can't get a job or can't get into a functional society due to a plethora of reasons, and they're doing these test runs, getting all types of weird mutated shit that we're not getting told about, you know. But then you hear a commercial like this may cause nausea, may cause blindness, may cause depression. Like how do you know? <laughs> how do you know? Oh yeah, well, the test subject got all this shit, and we, <laughs> we got it on camera. <laughs> Yeah, it's, and, then it's there's the, and then there's tough subjects that you never hear about again because like they got so bad yeah. that they killed them. Yeah. And they're homeless, they don't have any family, they don't have any connections, so they just disappear. Yeah. Oh, but they signed a waiver. They signed a piece of paper though. It's fucked that's up. That, that's that's saying, but that's capitalism. Like it doesn't capitalism. It, everywhere you go, there's people in other countries using capitalism, but there is a pay, there's a people of a certain color, of a certain creed, or somebody that's eating the shit so that that economy can function. Yeah. All the bullshit. We got to put people in jail. Who got to put in jail so many people we make more money for the country? Somebody got to go. And that's exactly why they don't want to legalize marijuana because there's so many. Yeah. They have to let people, people out. <laughs> they have to let everybody out. They have to let people out of jail because all that. Because now he's like, damn, we got to keep the real criminals in here now. If you make marijuana legal, you are boosting the economy yeah. because think about it. Well, the people that get out of jail, they won't be able to buy it probably because See, it's a lot And that's going to have to go into nothing. Like, if you let these people out, these are felons. Now you're going to have to reform the bill to get felons the right to be functional people in society so they can vote and do all the shit y'all want Americans to do. Well, that's, that, <laughs> but that's, they, do have, they do have a process about like, Yeah, they do. It's just all give and take. It's, it, it takes five-something years, yeah, it takes which means time. that you got to hustle and bustle yes. to make sure that you can fucking eat. That's a lot. Because... You're a felony, where are you going to get a job at? That's what I'm saying, Popeyes. man. Exactly. ATL not too many wins. options. Not, not, not too many options, not. you know. And the, like we talked about, like we talked about with the mass incarceration, you know, yeah. and the different, they, they started to create the whole incarceration system right. after the Emancipation Proclamation, man. Yeah. That, that all ties into it because yeah. the majority of people in these prisons are black and brown people. Exactly. You know, exactly. and they say that white people commit, do the same thing, maybe even by two times more. But it's like, what is the criteria that we're using to create these systems, and who is creating these systems? I mean, it's an old system, like po like the police. Like, a lot of people are under the impression that once slaves were free, like there was a big convention or a big conversation, like all the police officers came together, like, all right, so we're no longer chasing slaves, we're just policing everything. That never happened. There's no point in history where the police had a big reform since being established for capturing slaves. So that that is like the still the root foundation of this entire system that never had a big change. You never cleaned out the old shit and brought in the new. It's still just the same shit. You're like, oh, we'll just forget about that shit and do new stuff. No. All your tactics, all your verbal language, all your your body, everything that makes a police officer is bathed in the root of slavery, <laughs> capturing slaves. Yeah. In, in that ideology. So you have to strip that I ideology down and make a new one to accommodate the new lifestyle of, of the people around you. So why do you feel like that's so hard for people, you know, to digest and to make action off of, personally? Well, for me, it's, um, we have a big fear of grandiose shit. Once something is bigger than what we can handle, we usually give up as humans. Cause it's like, oh my God, the government's fucking so, well, what are you gonna do, it's the government. It's like, no, the thing is, they work for us. People forget 
we ask for the shit they want, they just give it to us in a fucked up way. But we we control what that shit does. So all we have to do is actually focus on focus on one thing at a time. We can't do all this spread out shit. We have to focus on one thing at a time and make sure that gets done to show that it can get done. So if we um sorry, I got off on that tangent. No, you good, you good. On tangent. Um what makes it hard so that makes it hard for you to grasp and what we can do about it is actually learning up on shit. Like people are scared to vote. Black people are afraid to vote because we don't feel voting works. Let me ask you, how many black people do you know before Obama voted? Hmm. I come from a family of all black people. I only know like two people that voted. <laughs> I know I have way more than two black people in my family. I from what I know, my mom, she she sucked it up and she she did the thing. Yeah. But I never had that dialogue with too many other people aside from my mom and my pops. Yeah. You know, because I, I was a kid, you know, when um, I wasn't even really conscious. Or was I, I don't think I was even born when Clinton was in office. Yeah. You know, I was 98, you yeah. feel so. But Bush yeah, and all that there. shit. And, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And so, I know how they talked about that. And they was like, this is our duty. But we also know we getting fucked over. Yeah. We getting fucked over. Yeah. But... For the family that I come from with my with my father, my grandfather, my grandmother, and all that, although they know that we're constantly being fucked over, they still know that there's something to be done about it. Yeah. And either we can sit here and take this shit, or we can actually do something about it. Whether or not that is taking care of ours, you know, taking care of our family or whatever, or that's like really going out there and mobilizing some shit and making some shit happen for us. Yeah, it, it's, it's on all fronts, like, it's not one way to skin this guy. I know I said we got to focus on a lot of uh, one thing at a time, but when it comes to our shit, we have to focus on a lot of things at one time because one thing at a time is not going to really get the progress that we really need. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying, yeah, we have to hit on the voting line. We have to hit on we have to hit on the political line. We have to hit on every line possible because I'm sorry, black people wouldn't die for voting if it didn't work. Um, lobbyists wouldn't spend billions and billions of dollars if it didn't work. If the money didn't do something, so. It does work. It's just that we don't really utilize it. We don't utilize voting as a people. We don't because we don't believe in the system. Because if nobody looks like us or comes from the background, if they look like us, come from that root core background, like, oh, this is really somebody from here. This is somebody that I can relate to that actually have the same values I have as a black person in America that I can trust with my vote. We don't have that. So I think with this next election, a lot more people have woken the fuck up. Yes. We we don't we don't get the shit easy with, you know, someone that looks like us, someone that talks like us, that's come from Chicago and all that. We don't get an easy way out. No. You know, by choosing someone like that. We really have to think exactly. critically about our children, you know, about ourselves, about our businesses. You know, a lot of people are a bit more business minded now today yeah. than how they were back in two thousand eight when we had the recession. So it's like we th- we should take this liberty to really use our vote. And I feel like people have now been starting to wake up. Even even hood Twitter, like, hey man, we popping out. Yeah. You know, we, 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 we popping out this time. Again. Everybody was making these songs, fuck Trump. Well, they know how to get Trump out now. Yeah. You know, they know they know that they, they need to use their vote. So we finna even have dudes that's um in the blue, like how I was, or in the red or whatever the fuck, pulling up. This is who I'm voting for. Yeah. Cause we not finna have another motherfucking Trump. I feel like But at the same time, I feel like 
like he was put in place perfectly at the right time and they strategized that perfectly because he did boost our economy to the point where we feel like financially we're all confident enough to be like, fuck it, let's go start a business. Well, so I feel like that's the only blessing but, that we got out of that. But that's the game, though. That's the game. Republican president. It always goes Republican, Democrat, Republican, Democrat. Republican presidencies, economy's up, but morale is down. Uh, Democratic is just the other way around usually because Democrats are visualized as, oh, we're for the people, we're more left-wing, we're more cool, laid-back, and Republicans are more conservative and all that. But at the end of the day, it's the same race. It's the same race. Whether it be Trump, like, it's good to vote for the president, but we really need to focus on local laws and, and propositions. That's, like, the main thing because presidents going to come and go. Laws yeah. stay longer than presidents. Yeah. Laws stay longer than presidents. It'll take, it'll take a president two terms to get rid of a law that you place place like two presidents prior. So it's really, we have to focus on laws in our local governments and our local authorities because those make big differences. You're like, it's, yeah, the president, voting for the president is cool, but voting for the primaries, that's important. People don't know about it, you gotta vote in spring. Yeah. You gotta go out there. Go, this is, this is for the people right now. Yeah. Go, go to your community, you know, meetings, you know, the organization meetings, you know, where you have your mayor there, you have, go, go to the city hall get-togethers, all right? Like, really talk to these people, because these are the people that are out here, you know, trying to have this dialogue with the people, right? And you get to choose who's in these positions, you know? You get to choose who's in charge of your children's public schooling, you know, what kind of funding's going to that, this and that, this and that, this and that. There's a, there's a few other things I can't really speak on, but I know that action starts here, right? And we shouldn't just be waiting for every four years for a presidential election. We gotta worry about here right now, you know? Absolutely. And uh, do, in regards to Trump boosting the economy, I, I don't know a lick about what, what he's done for the economy, and I'm not trying to discredit him or anything. I don't know, because the way that people have been talking today around me is the same way that they've been talking even back when the recession was finally yeah. breaking up. We, we got we to gotta get our own. Yeah. You know, we we got to get our own business. We got to get this. I'm tired of uh, going to a beauty shop and it's all Asians, always serving us. It's been like this for 40 years. I'm tired of you know people that don't look like me selling me my life. You yeah. know? So the people around me have always spoke the same. And they've always erected like businesses. And I've and that, that's always been a thing that's been prominent in my life. But I, I got to look more into how he's been boosting the economy because that, well, that goes into like, the Because I've seen way more people of color opening businesses and stuff like that. Like, how are you going to do that without money? Yeah, how are you going to do does. that without good credit? Yeah, he like, has been boosting the economy. Well, because, like, he's been creating more jobs so that way at least the people that have been eating shit can, you know, work up and go get a job, you know, clean up a little bit and go get a job. You know, you're boost, putting more money into the market. So if what you were doing before was already making you money, it's gonna make you more money, and you're able to boost your business and make more money from it. And I've seen more black business owners in the Phoenix area just alone that have been thriving, Latina businesses thriving. Yep. Yeah, because, because, well, because there's more money, like people coming down here, snowbirds and stuff like that, they all got money. They all got stuff to just throw no, around. No, absolutely, like that's that's everything I'm running. Like if you look at the kind of stock markets up, that's I'm saying, but that's how Republican presidencies are. Even during the Bush administration, you can say we had a recession due to 9-11, but prior to the the war on terror or whatever, a lot of people still made money off of that. Don't exactly. forget the economy didn't make money, but there was money. There was a whole bunch of money. The thing about the technology received since the two thousand one to now. There so people was getting money. It's not like we were in a recession recession. But I feel people like, like us internet, was kind of broke. The internet created faith in a new a new faith in a sense that people believe that they could finally go out and do this shit because 
you're seeing other people do it that they would have never yeah. ever had the chance to meet or see oh yeah no with. don't get me wrong like this and that's, i feel like that's so beautiful but we also it's kind of like you have to fall and rebuild and that, that's what I'm saying. That's the Republican Democrat game. Like you can look back at all the pre- there's never been a back to back like Republican Republican Democrat Democrat. It's, that's how it is. It's bring it up, bring it down, bring it. It's, it's a way to control the narrative. So it's like it's it's just how it is. That's just how like how it goes. Like the commies always can look bad. There were people jumping out of buildings at one point because they was broke. You know, so it everything affects people different. Like people of color weren't doing that. Like you know, people that had to, had to, already had the struggle didn't have to do that. But again, that's just how the recession. That's just how the economy go there's always going to be the upbringing like oh we're all up clinton we're all up we're doing our thing right after clinton it started getting bad you know that was like one time when the democrats had the economy going but that was really based off the back of the the, the reagan administration having the economy going already so it's, it's just how it is so that's what i'm saying like we can't get caught up too much as people in parties and people as we got to get caught up in ideologies and philosophies because those are the things that last forever because even with black people, we have this hero mentality due to our Mandela's, our Malcolm X's, our Martin Luther King's, and we put all our faith and our and all our eggs in the basket of them, like they gonna lead us. And then once they're taken away, we feel lost. So our my for me, our, our focus as people is really just hold on to ideologies and hold on to that shit, shit that you can't kill. I mean, you people been trying to kill the ideas, the ideology of racism for years, but guess what? They're still racist motherfuckers, and that's not a positive thing. So we can actually take something positive and keep that ideology for generation to generation to generations, and that can be the uprising. That's not going to be a person. That person's going to die by the time this is all going to pop off. That's just the reality of it. But we got to keep that message going because that can't die. You can't kill that message. Respect, respect. 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 I like yes. that. That's dope, man. You can't, you can't kill ideas. You can't kill ideas. Something I learned from a very young age. So we got we got to put our we got to put our heart not our eggs we got to put our heart in different baskets you exactly. feel me exactly. like we got to be able to spread out that love spread out our heart and our mind and that you know? and that's that's why I love your music that's why I love your sound because you promote a lot of love and unity you promote your music makes me feel like I can just go up to hug and hug anybody that's what your music makes me feel like you know what I could bump big head and just hug a stranger and they not get offended or try to punch me in the face. <laughs> that's how your music makes me feel and it makes people feel good and I enjoy that because that's what the world needs. People were so enclosed and even, you know, on a side note, black people, I love all, we love everybody, but we let's not be monolithic. We all don't have to conform to one idea to be black people, y'all. Right. We, just, we can be diverse, so let us all be diverse. You can have Bootsy Collins. And you can have serious ass niggas like Howlin' Wolf, so you can have it all. So, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I really like how you just really just open open the world up to like it's cool. Just be cool. Yeah, you a big head. Yeah, big head, big head, bro. That's speak, that's this. And speaking of big head, man, is is there an album coming out? Is there an album behind this? Yo, perhaps, perhaps, maybe you might have to see. I'm I'm gonna just lay it out. I got everything planned out, bro. Mm. Got everything planned out. I'm not gonna give you a definite answer whether or not there's an album, there's an LP, an EP, or whatever. No, I can tell you one thing though. I do have a secret EP mm. out. A secret, right? Just it's very low key. The DJs got it. The people that come up to me, talk about it, ask about it, they get it. But it's only in person, you know. 
and everything is, is signed with a, um, a performing arts kind of business so mm-hmm. I'm with BMI so everything's protected I'm not worried about people stealing the music but I'm just letting the people know that I care about them and I love them we're gonna keep this one low-key for a bit I like that I like yeah. that so so I'm gonna, I'm about to get that link from you because you told me and told them about it I'm gonna get that link from you yeah so I can listen to this secret EP uh, yeah it's only on CD though so okay I got a CD player somewhere okay Both go in the shed <laughs> <laughs> Walkman, <laughs> anti skip, <laughs> the anti skip popping. Right. Yes. 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 Oh my I God. And, and you're doing so. So I know, as a creative person, as yourself, what else do you have in the works, Mr. Toddy? Let the people know. Let the people the insight to the creative mind. Just a piece, because it may be too much for the mere mortal to comprehend. The mere mortal. Well, every single day is planned out. Mm-hmm. Every single day, whether or not that's the. A consistent post a day uh, that's the what, what, what moves we making right um, and all these moves is art related and business related so got two photo shoots a week you feel me we on a low-key press run you know we're not doing the full album press run where we're hitting up breakfast club and all that shit yeah. no we're we're keeping it consistent so there's a nice stream of content out but I, I can definitely say just like talking personally to you I've been working on my modeling a lot more so I'm I'm a sign model and slash actor with Priority Talent, mm. and they're a startup agency out here trying to push uh, a diverse, wide range uh, models. You know, just they're trying to push them out into the valley into other opportunities around the states. And um, the, the working with them has given me like I'm able to take my modeling into a more professional kind of way of thought. You know, and then aside from that, just making dope art with my friends whether or not I'm in front of the camera, I'm behind it, you know, doing cool shit like that. So you'll see some dope photos I've taken. I may not post it exactly on my feeds or on my social media, but I'm sure as hell tagged. Right. And if you know, you know. So check out Pride Pete's shit. Check out Saya's shit. Check out Cafe Pico. Check out Sunny. Check out, you know, there's so many different people you can check out. I'm in a lot of different nooks and crannies of the more greater Phoenix area. Right. Right? So if you if you if you looking for me, you can find me. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And for the people who don't know, you're also a scholar. A scholar. You're an academic. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so um, tell the people about your educational, you know, <laughs> career. So aside from being a career artist, I am a full time student. You know, mm. I'm a global studies major with a French minor. Mm. Uh, sound a little country. No, nah, French minor. Yeah, French minor. Get <laughs> minor. Minor. I'm really trying to think about how I'm. Okay, minor. minor, minor. But um, yeah, like I said, global studies major with a French minor, and honestly, it's it's a lot of work. Yeah. You know, and some of the, some of its work I don't want to be doing, but something that really sets us apart from the next mm-hmm. is being able to push through that. You know, if you do anything. One, make it look sexy, but of Damn. course, always show your ass on it. You exactly. feel me? Always put in a hundred percent, the bare maximum. Yeah, that's real. So, as a as a major in glo- globalization, major in global studies. Global studies. Thank you. Yeah. Global major in global studies. That's what it is. So, <laughs> how do you balance that business savvy and you know more of a more of a not really hard nose, but more of a 
calculated field compared to the more artistic field where you have more on feel and more on emotion and more intuition where it's more like numbers and more hardcore yeah. facts. How do you balance that out in your life? Um, I, so think of it almost as a bookshelf, right? Okay. How is your bookshelf organized? Mm. You know, how are you inserting these books kind of thing? Um, I make sure that every single book is going where it needs to go, whether or not that's from small to big, or it's color arranged, or it's the artist, um, author arranged, you know. I, I have a sort of map for everything, right? Mm. And I, one of the greatest parts is I don't necessarily have to follow the map that I make for myself, but because it exists, I know the lay of the land and how mm. I want to navigate it. So bringing that into separating the business from the art, you know, what that could look like, I know that I don't always have to bring in the business for the art. Like you said, it's a very fill-based yeah. medium. So I can just run off free, be wild yeah. and all this, but as soon as we start talking numbers, okay, so <laughs> because I was running off free and wild like that, we're gonna need an ROI of 30%. Uh, you know, we, yeah. we start going into that, and then we can go right back into being off free and wild, you know, because we've already handled the numbers. We've already handled the outreach, the this and that. And all of it, it's not like I'm necessarily flipping a switch. It's more so what kind of dialogue am I having with myself and like the situation. Seamless, just seamless, you know, flowing, very seamless. flowing. Before I'm like, oh, I have to put on my photography hat right now. Or I'm like, oh, I have to put on my engineer hat. And I'm like, nah, let's not even think of it like that. Let's not even act like we have to flip switches. This mm. is me completely unadulterated. So being able to go to school, I know that school is school. You know, if I want to get creative with it, I can get creative with it. But I know that I also I can't be all in class. Yeah. And so just understanding the kind of what society permeates, breaking that, especially when I need to, and definitely when I want to, but also making sure I secure the bag for not just myself, but for my legacy. That's right. So, yeah. That's right. That's right. And, and as part of your legacy, you are, you are great. So, like, but you were... As I heard, part of the group room four, and you're no, it's no longer a thing. I am learning about this, <laughs> and cause I've been to shows and stuff, yeah. and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, but room four is not a thing. What's what happened, man? Hey know. man, hey. So think about it like this, right? Yes. I'm gonna put this in perspective as simple as possible for people. You are a full time student, right? right? You're doing thirty shows a year, mm. minimum, mm. right? You're trying to create a bustling fan base. You're trying to work a job at Hot Topic, or you're working a job at Vans, or you're working a job at Domino's, or you're working a job at a fashion store doing product photography, whatever the fuck it is. And then on top of that, you're trying to have a social life. And on top of that, you're trying to do this. And you're trying to do that, and you're trying to do this. And what kind of dialogue are you having with the people you're doing it with? Mm. What kind of positivity are y'all trying to permeate? And when everyone has something going on in their lives. And we, we just came out of our teens, man. We, we just came out of our teens. Our hormones still ain't even acting right. <laughs> so it's like, what is the best decision for us to make, not just for ourselves, but for each other, right? Are we really gonna sit here and be negative every time we step in the room with each other? Mm. Our, because one of us is more business minded, one of us is more. Are we always going to let the business part 
you know, get in the way of the artsy fartsy, you know, are we always gonna let the artsy fartsy loose get in the way of the business part? Like right now we we gotta figure out what works best for us. You know. So happiness was permeated by separation. Gotcha. Not by I hate every single one of you. I never wanna see you again. You're fucking dead. That's not how shit needs to work. You feel me? It's I'm making this decision for my happiness, for your happiness and everyone around us. You know, because eventually it's gonna show in the music. Mm. Eventually it's gonna show in the way that we treat each other. Shit, it already does. Mm. You know, so making the executive slash adult decision to kind of separate and go about our own solo careers at a time like this, it only seemed right. It only seemed right. You know, we got a lot weighing on us, man. A lot. Kind of like for those anime fans out there, you know, when everybody goes out in a lot of anime tropes where all the youngsters go out to their mentor and they train and they get their own move set and everything, you know. Naruto's learning the Rasengan. Sasuke's learning the Chidori. You know, Sakura, she's being Sakura <laughs> over there for a couple <laughs> seasons. <laughs> but that's that's cool, man. That's cool. Like, it, it sounds very mutual. It wasn't no... I'm shutting down the studio. Everybody hates each other and all that. Like, nah. You know what? We're all adults. We're just let's um let's just do our own thing for a while. See, think it's that time that we do our own thing, and that's very mature, very mm -hmm. adult. And I wish that a lot of other people take notes of that. That you can tell tell people like, you know what? This ain't working out. Let's have a mutual separation. There's nothing wrong with that, especially if it makes all y'all better people. There's nothing wrong with that, man. Toddy, you have been beautiful. You're still beautiful, and I appreciate you coming by here, man. I appreciate you opening up to the world and letting us really get to see Rose Otati in a different light. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me, man. Thank you. And uh, before you go, tell the people where they can find you and find some of your shit. Yes. So, I do have a show with Pink Sweats, November 15th. My birthday is November 14th. It's about to be an information overload real quick. Mm -hmm. But, um, so, I have a song coming out the 14th. Of November is called Options, and then directly after on the 15th, you got to come to that Pink Sweat show. You got to get crazy with us. Where's it gonna be at? It's gonna be at the Sun Devil Stadium at the Coca Cola Lounge at 8 o'clock. Tickets is 10 bucks if you go through me, 18 if you go through ASU. So, I'm at ASU, but yeah. <laughs> link, link with your boy. We can get something figured out. If you want to get the secret EP, hit my line. We'll meet up. You know, I give you the CD, it's five bucks a pop. I love you, Big Head. By the way, can I explain what Big Head means? Absolutely. Yes. So people are like, why Big Head? You know, Big Head. I, I, do I really have a Big Head? And I'm like, listen, Big Head, right? Big perspective, big aura, big, big identity, big, big everything, Big Head, right? It's the the idea of owning yourself. It, you gotta, you gotta own who you are, right? And if some people are like, I really do got a Big Head. I'm like. You do got a big head, but <laughs> you also have a big personality, a big everything, and don't let no one make it smaller. I love you, big head. Yes, yes. And just for the follows, we can follow you at... R-O-Z-O-T-A-D-I, every single place you can find. That's, there it is. And this has been episode deuce of the original podcast, and we out. Au revoir. Au revoir. Yes. It's a deuce.
Hell got the sauce.